I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about housing challenges, and everybody's got them. Whether you're trying to buy a house, whether you're renting, it's a mess out there right now. Joining me today is David Damshin. He is the president of Utah Housing Corporation, And also we have Susan Spears, who is the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Heather. Great to be with you. All right. Just in case anybody hasn't heard, interest rates are rising if you're trying to buy a home. So that means you have to pay more back on whatever money you borrow from a bank. And with inflation cutting into all of our other costs, groceries, gas, It is hurting everybody everywhere in their pocketbooks. So I guess I'll start with the mortgage, since that's sort of front and center in the news at the moment. I did just look. Right now, the current interest rate on a 30-year mortgage is at 7.08%. Now, that can be higher for some people if they don't have good credit, but that's sort of the base where banks go, hey, if you've got great credit, We'll loan you some money at 7% plus, but some people are having to borrow at 8 and 8.5%. So where do people turn to if they need a home? They're trying to buy one, but it's a struggle. They can't really afford the payments now with the interest rates. Well, it's an interesting time. As you know, from a long-term perspective, 7 or 8% isn't even necessarily that high because if we go way back, we've seen it even higher. But as you pointed out, the problem is that that wicked combination of the high interest rates plus the significantly elevated home prices. Now, one thing that's helping a little bit is, as you know, home prices are starting to come off a little. Not a lot, but but a little. Um, maybe around 5 to 10% from, from the recent high. I think that we might see some continued reduction in home prices. That'll certainly help. But I, I think... One of the main things for prospective home buyers is to manage expectations because, you know, what's affordable uh, now for so many people is it's a whole different equation. Uh, recent data from the Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute suggests that 70% of Utahns are priced out of being able to own a home if they don't own one already because of these interest rates and home prices. So, you know, what does that leave? Maybe if you are in a position to buy, rethinking what you'll be able to buy and and, and to afford. Yeah, I would think fixing things up isn't my favorite thing to do, especially depending on how bad a home has been treated. But 
you may have to look at those older homes from 1960s, 1950s, maybe even some older than that, that you've got to fix the plumbing, the wiring, all of that, which can be expensive, but in the long run, maybe less expensive than just buying a newer home at these interest rates. Well, there's also, we've seen significant growth in terms of what we we finance in condos. So while, you know, your dream might be, you know, 2,500 to 3,500 square feet on a quarter acre somewhere with room to grow with your family, maybe starting out, particularly for a young couple that can squeeze into a condo or a townhome, uh, that may be part of the equation or a fixer upper, as you point out, or looking to longer commutes like it or not. That I hate to say that with high gas prices, but um, you can find relatively more affordable options if you're willing to uh, go a little bit further to the west, the north or south from you know, the core of the Wasatch Front. Uh, that can be part of the equation as well. Yeah. Well, we're sort of concentrating on Utah since you are the president of the Utah Housing Association. But I would think this could go for anyone around the country where if you're in a market that's pretty expensive, look at moving outside where it's slightly more cheaper. But here in Utah, and I know San Francisco, New York, several other cities, they have really good public transportation. So if you're talking about a condo, at least here in Utah, there's a, a lot of condominiums and apartments going up right next to track stations, to those train stations. So that could be a cheaper option, too, since, you, like, as you mentioned, gas is so expensive. It could be. You know, I think one of the most important things I would say to folks that are considering being in the market right now is to realize we're kind of at an inflection point. We have a roughly 30,000 unit deficiency in supply, which means we need builders to build and build and build. But what's happening right now because of these market conditions, builders are slowing down and, and some are stopping because we're starting to see building of inventory on the market. It's harder for people to come out and buy up the homes that, that builders are producing. And so realize that whether it's a builder or a seller, there might be opportunities now, and we're hearing this anecdotally, that sellers and builders that, that need to move their houses or their homes might be willing to come to the table with five, six percent to help with closing costs, that kind of a thing. That was not available just a year ago. You know, the market was so hot. Basically, step in. Uh, you're competing with all these cash offers and uh, make a very competitive offer and be willing to, to pay at the very high end. That's changing a little bit. Not only your home prices coming down a bit, but those that need to sell be they uh, existing homeowners or builders, becoming increasingly motivated to sell and possibly bring some cash to the table and and uh, to assist a new home buyer being able to buy the home. Well, home buying and selling is, is cyclical anyway. The last two years was just, it was on steroids is basically all I have to say. I've never seen anything like that. But even when you don't have a market like we did the last two years, it's always cyclical. You have these times when being a seller, you're in great shape. You can sell it for whatever you want. And then all of a sudden it dips and now it's great as a buyer. You can demand a whole bunch of things like I want everything in this house and you're going to pay my closing costs and you know, all that. There's always this cycle. So trying to time it, I think that can be the difficult part. That's right. And that's, you know, I guess I have a word of caution there. People that might stretch a little bit in terms of, of what they can afford in this market are likely thinking, well, if we get in and we can afford the house barely now, we can refinance when rates come down. 
I would be careful about that because we these unusually low interest rates that we've experienced for the last 10 years are exactly that. They're very, very unusual. So if you're expecting 30-year mortgage rates to drop down to 3% sometime soon, don't count on that. Yeah. So make sure that whatever you do buy, you've done your budget carefully, you know what you can afford, and you know that if you are stuck in that 6 or 7% or 8% mortgage, that you can afford it long-term in case the refinance opportunity does not come along in three or five years as you're hoping. Yeah, I will give myself as an example, when I bought my first condo, it was at 7% back in 1999. And it was right before the Olympics for Salt Lake City. So the housing market was kind of booming at that time. So 7% interest, and it took almost 12 years before I was able to refinance into like 4.25%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's a long-term proposition. I guess the other word of caution I would say is, I mentioned earlier this this growing prevalence of condos as being a, a good affordable choice for a young family or a young person buying their first home. Be really careful to do your homework on the Homeowner Association of the HOA understand what their fees are, understand what they allow or don't allow. Um, I, I, I was told that uh, there's one particular development in the South Valley area where HOA fees alone are $800 a month. And I, I guess that's probably associated with maybe included utilities, uh, some really nice amenities, et cetera. Make sure you know what's included, what's not in the HOA fee if you are looking at a condo. Really, you know, pay attention to the detail, do your budget, make sure you can afford it completely. Yeah. And also, if you've never owned a home before, make sure you understand the difference between principal and interest and taxes and insurance, because the taxes and insurance, they move around a little bit over time, right? The principal and interest on a 30-year fix, of course, stay the same. But make sure you understand those variables that can increase the cost of homeownership over time, not to mention maintenance and so right. forth. Right, exactly. All right, Susan, I do want to bring you in on this. As far as if I do have a home and I'm paying my mortgage, there are actually some benefits on our taxes every year that can help. So why don't you talk us through that? Well, a couple things. Um, currently, right now, you can deduct your mortgage interest on your tax return as well as the real estate taxes. So, you know, principal and interest, as Dave said, that that stays the same throughout the term of the loan. Taxes move typically move up every year and taxes and insurance are part of that payment often with your mortgage lender some people having that interest deduction and that tax deduction that enables them to itemize their deductions if you will rather than just taking the standard deductions so as you look into the process of buying a home look at what it does to you from a tax standpoint as well we talk about the high interest rates and everything yeah maybe that's a help if you offset that with your ordinary income tax rate. Maybe there's a little bit of payback there. But keep that in mind. The other thing that we will also advise is look at where your own salary or income potential is going as well. Typically, when we're working with our younger homeowners, I mean, they're kind of at their starting salaries, and we hope that their incomes are going to go nowhere but up. So that little stretch might be for a couple of years because, as you indicated, that interest rate may be high for for several years. We we have experienced this huge anomaly where we've got these 
people that have 1.99 mortgage rates. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be happening anytime soon. Um, (laughs) We've got a lot of correction to pick up and make up. We do need to take a break. When we come back, I do want to dive into renting. What are options for renters right now? Because that is not any better than a mortgage at this point. And is there help for them? Do they get tax benefits? So we'll be right back with Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA, and also David Damshin, the president of Utah Housing Corporation. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that that affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it. Today, we're talking about housing challenges. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're a renter or you're trying to buy a home or maybe you just bought one. You're hurting. It's hurting your pocketbook right now. So joining me is David Damshin, the president of Utah Housing Corporation, and Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. So, David, you're in charge of housing in Utah. Bring down the rents, for God's sake. <laughs> can I can I give you some some interesting data? It's really it's interesting and horrifying. Uh, we just met in New York with credit rating agencies last week, and we were talking about you know the the economy, housing, and and just overall macro economy. Between 2010, rents increased in Salt Lake 135 dollars over 10 years. Between 2010 and 2020, they increased by 274 dollars in 10 years. 274 dollars. Between 2020 and 2022, in two years, rents increased by $321. So between 2020 and 2022, we saw more than 10 years worth of rent increases, basically, if you look back at the previous 20 years. So the, yeah. the rate of increase in rents is is just on steroids. It's horrible. Yeah. And I, oh, I find that a majority of the people who are renting the properties, they're just greedy because chances are most of them did not buy their rental properties in the last two years. I mean, I'm sure several of them did, but if you are in it, you've been in this business for a while and you have rental properties, all you're doing is like, all right, prices are going up. People want to live here. I'll just jack up the prices and their own personal mortgage that they're holding on that property that they're renting out has not changed. In fact, they probably refied, got a lower interest rate during 2021, and uh, they're still upping up the price. And that really makes me mad. There's definitely a supply-demand imbalance. We talked about the 30,000-plus deficiency in units, and that certainly uh, gives property owners some leverage. I will say, though, the inflation that we're seeing affects everyone, and that includes maintenance. 
operations and maintenance expense for those that are property owners. So there may be some opportunism to it. And I think your sense of frustration is warranted probably to a degree in some cases, but also to be fair, inflation is an issue for, for even those, those, those property owners as well. Oh, who wants to be fair? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will give you that one (laughs) about the inflation. It does hurt everybody. I get that. So what can we do? We just talked about that there basically is no affordable housing anymore in general. 65% of all Utahns are priced out of getting into a home right now. The rental rates are the same as a mortgage. Mm -hmm. So that tells me that 65 or 70% of all people are also priced out of rentals. So where's everybody going? You know, I know we're shifting from home ownership to rentals, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Utah Housing Corporation, as Utah's housing finance agency, provides down payment assistance. A lot of people don't understand you you don't have to save up a big $30,000, $40,000 down payment to be able to buy a home. We provide down payment assistance to folks that have moderate incomes so that they can buy a home. And we're, we're doing so even now, even today, we'll do a certain number of transactions every single day, even in this market. So realize that you don't necessarily have to be trapped as a renter. You don't necessarily have to have a big down payment to buy a home. Now, as far as strategies go, whether you're renting or buying, it certainly helps to cozy up to some friends or family. A lot of us are doing that already. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have uh, family members living in the basement who otherwise might like to live on their own. That's actually one of the key strategies to home buying these days is uh, folks are, are entering into co-purchasing arrangements, that kind of a thing, so they can afford to buy a home. But I think that these high rent prices, as you said, Heather, are probably more incentive than ever for people to think really seriously about finding a way to become homeowners so that they're not trapped by these high rents. I mean, we know the market will normalize over the long term and that we'll see uh, the inventory of of units rise to meet demand, but that's going to take a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who he and his wife have been renting for a few years now. And this last year, they were part of that. Their rent rose almost $300. And so they have started seriously looking at buying a home and realized pretty quickly they couldn't afford to get into a home that they would want. But his parents are aging and they they need to move out of their home. So now they're looking at finding a home jointly with the parents so they can take care of them as they age and everybody has kind of a, a space to be in that is affordable. So that's what they're doing right now. One of the things that we do as a, as a state's housing finance agency is we allocate st- tax credits and we issue tax-exempt bonds on behalf of developers that are building affordable rentals, okay? So there's not enough of these, but they're being constructed and we're helping to finance them. So uh, I would encourage people to ask around and learn about tax credit and bond-financed affordable housing projects where... Um, the developer and the property owner is required under agreements with us as the state's housing finance agency to charge no more than a certain amount of rent for people that have certain limits to their income. So if your income is low or moderate by certain definitions, mm-hmm. um, you might be able to uh, uh, be able to access housing in, in one of those uh, low lower income housing developments. And 
Many of them are very nice. You wouldn't be able to tell them apart from a, a market rate uh, apartment complex. Right. My experience with some of those, at least in the past, is a builder will build a complex that has 100 units, let's say, and only 10 of them are set aside as affordable, low income, mm -hmm. not all 100. So while that's nice that there's 10, you have thousands of people who can't afford the other 90 apartments. And so, mm -hmm. again, I'm really mad. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we should we should take you out and tour some of the projects that we're involved in because these are these are projects that are completely affordable. Uh, it's not just a set aside of 10 units or something, but we're financing projects where there are hundreds of units and they're all affordable to people that are, say, 60% of area median income or below. So they're very, very affordable. Okay. What is your definition of affordable? <laughs> well, like I said, you know, the area median income in Salt Lake is, uh, in Salt Lake County is around 100000 So if you say for a family of four, call it 60000 um, you know, that, that puts you at that kind of, and then it, it reduces from there if you're a single person. Um, but, um, uh, like I said, the, the certain of these affordable housing complexes actually cater to people that are 30% or thereabouts of area median income, you know, very affordable for folks that are quite low income. And then a number of these projects cater to folks that are more in the 60% of area median income type income level. Um, so an area median income is defined and varies by county. So okay. um, it's, it's, of course, highest in Salt Lake County along the Wasatch Front. It's the area median income is a little bit lower up in Weber County, say. Susan, I've asked this about mortgages. I know we can deduct our interest rate on our taxes every year if we own a home. Is there any such benefit to renting on our taxes? In Utah, the short answer is no. We don't have rent credits in the state of Utah. On our federal returns, we don't get to deduct our rental expense. It would be nice, but no, we, we don't have that opportunity at the federal level or the state level. Are there other states that do have credits for rentals? Some do, and it's it varies from state to state and what the rule is. I mean, you might get a percentage rent credit. It's hard to say there's a blanket amount because it, it does vary from state to state, but not, not here in Utah. So it, it really I think at the end of the day, if you can own a piece of real estate, that's the behavior, if you will, that's kind of engineered into the tax law. Right. Basically, whoever made this law, they are trying to funnel people from renting into home buying with sort of that perk. But we don't want to give renters any type of credit to keep them in their rental. Yeah, that might be a little extreme, but but at the end of the day, we do we do want to encourage people to own their own homes, to own their own condos, to own their own residences if they can. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we will wrap things up by going over where can people get help either for renting, for getting a mortgage because help is needed right now. So we'll be right back with David Damption. He is the president of Utah Housing Corporation and Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah Association of CPAs.
Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about housing challenges, whether you have a mortgage or you rent or you're trying to do either and you're finding it a little bit difficult because of prices right now. Joining me today is Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA, and David Damshin, the president of Utah Housing Corporation. So, David, you did talk a little bit in the previous segments that your corporation, Utah Housing Corp., can help people. But why don't you explain a little bit more about what Utah Housing Corporation is and why you're just so helpful? <laughs> sure, Heather. Well, Utah Housing Corporation is an independent state agency. And so, and we are Utah's housing finance agency. We have a handful of things that we do, but primarily we buy and service mortgages for low and moderate income individuals and households. And then we also allocate the federal low-income housing tax credit, which helps developers to build affordable rental housing. And so we're all about making housing affordable, whether you rent or buy. And, um, you know, one of the main things that we do for the prospective home buyer is provide down payment assistance. That's in the form of a fully amortizing 30-year or 30-year second mortgage. So we actually, you know, come to the table with this down payment assistance to help people that don't have cash don't have a down payment so they can buy a home without a, a large down payment. Okay, wait, wait. I want to buy a house. And in order for me to get the payment down that I can afford, I need to put down $20,000. But I don't have $20,000. So I have five. So I need 15 more thousand. So I come to you and you actually give me a loan on the 15000 that I then take to the bank. But the problem is is if you're trying to get a loan, the bank is like, well, how many other debts do you have? And your debt is going to stack up there. And now it's like, well, now you can't afford that home or you have to come up with even more money in order to afford that. So this feels weird to me. (laughs) Well, it's not weird. It works really well. I will say in this rising rate environment, it doesn't work as well as it has, uh, you know, in recent years with, with really, really low interest rates. But, you know, the the payment on a 30 year second mortgage that's you know 15 or 20,000 it might or might not create a problem in terms of your total debt to income your total debt picture but many people are still i mean we're 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 not producing at the level we typically do with these high rates and high home prices but still we're we're helping people buy homes every single day the other thing i want to mention is the legislature appropriated 5 million in the 2022 general session to a down payment assistance grant program for law enforcement and corrections officers. So if you're a law enforcement or corrections officer and you don't know about this program, talk to a a mortgage lender and ask them about the program. We administer it here at Utah Housing Corporation. That's an outright grant. You don't have to pay it back per se. You have to serve as as an officer uh, for a Utah law enforcement or corrections agency for five years for the strings to be completely detached from that grant. Okay, I am not trying to sound morbid here. But if I'm in law enforcement, my job is sometimes dangerous. What mm. happens if I die in the line of duty before that five years is up? What happens? Oh, well, we're that's that's going to become a grant. Uh, we're not really interested in, in aggressively pursuing uh, these funds. We're, we're simply asking people if they receive the grant to, you know, this. it's about recruiting and retaining law enforcement and corrections officers. We're actually asking the legislature to appropriate additional monies in the 2023 general session 
for teachers and emergency first responders so that we can, you know, we know that it's, it's been a difficult time in recent years for law enforcement, for teachers and, and healthcare providers. And we, we're wanting to sort of target those folks to help recruit and retain people in those critical public service positions. We've covered, there are some grants right now just for law enforcement and corrections officers. We're hoping to get more industries involved in that with with the Utah legislature. But other states could have similar programs in place, correct? That's right. That's right. In some states, they'll call them heroes programs, I think, in some states. But yeah, it, it's it's not just a Utah thing to recognize the importance of recruiting and, and and retaining teachers and law enforcement at a time when those those careers have have become especially challenging and we're, we're having a hard time you know keeping people in those jobs so those are grants to help with down payments on a home what mm-hmm. about renting do you do we have anything set up like that no no we talked earlier about you know the 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 financing that we do with tax credits to help uh, developers develop affordable rental housing, but nothing targeted to any particular uh, line of work. But there are other things that people who aren't in law enforcement that people can do to help pay for their mortgage. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the best, see, we don't originate the mortgages. We, we work, we basically buy the mortgages and service them. We buy them from the originator. That could be a bank or a credit union or a mortgage bank. So whoever you work with, your mortgage lender, ask them about down payment assistance from Utah Housing Corporation. And what about tiny houses? What if I want to buy a tiny home? Some states are really good about getting into a tiny home, which is usually less expensive. Here in Utah, that it's not a good fit. They just haven't worked out the building code. But that can be a supplement for some people. Yes, you know, tiny homes have challenges on two fronts. One, as you mentioned, is zoning. The other is sources of finance. Tiny home is actually fixed on a foundation. It might be financeable, you know, with a mortgage. What I would say, though, is modular or manufactured housing is is growing as an affordable alternative. And a lot of people, when they think manufactured housing, they think mobile home. But really, there are manufactured homes that you can't even tell the difference between a traditional stick bit, a stick built home and a manufactured or modular home. And, and there's a real opportunity to see more affordable housing built using some of those types of methods. And what about these mother-in-law apartment type things? Yes, great point. Builders increasingly are building new homes with what are called accessory dwelling units or ADUs. It's basically like a mother-in-law apartment, perhaps houses where there's an apartment already just right out of the gate built, maybe above the garage or something. So you can buy a home and have a rentable ADU or or, uh, apartment Uh, that can really help in terms of making a a home more affordable for a prospective buyer. And I would recommend if you do have one of those ADUs, maybe you live in that and rent out the larger house for larger money and it pays for Assuming you don't have like five kids or something living in the ADU. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Susan, any tips or recommendations that you have to help people with mortgages and rents right now That since they're just so outrageous? Well, a couple things. When you buy your home, make sure you keep your closing documents as you go to prepare your taxes. Origination fees, sometimes there's some mortgage interest, whatnot, prepaid on that statement. That can add up as an extra deduction that may put you over the hurdle of that 
standard deduction. Download your mortgage statements at the end of the year that will report your the amount of interest you paid as well as the property taxes. Long term wise, keep track of any upgrades you make to your home. If you add on to your home or do some major remodeling, that's going to increase the basis so that when you sell your home, I mean, typically there's not a gain that you have to claim. But with housing prices going the way they are, some we're seeing some of those explosions being exceeded. And so, if you add solar panels, I know many states, including Utah right now, does have tax rebates for adding solar panels. Yes. And if you do that, make sure that any of that solar stuff you're doing is from a reputable vendor and that you get the documentation from them at the point of when you're doing all this, because we're we're seeing a few cases where there's been a little bit of fraud or some bad deals being perpetrated. So make sure that that amount, make sure that you, they can get you the documentation needed so that when you file those taxes, whatever you file is legitimate. Anything else, David, that you have that we may not have touched on yet? No, just I really appreciate you spending time on this topic. It's it's a hot topic for, for folks at this moment in time. It's of much more interest to policymakers in the legislature and, and in the governor's office as well. Housing and, and water are just critical issues at this at this time. I appreciate you devoting the time to the conversation. Oh, sure. And if there are legislators listening, rent should not be above $1,100, period. It's <laughs> <laughs> wrong. And then the mortgages... Yeah, I don't know. That one's that one's a little harder. Thank you so much, David Damshin. You are the president of Utah Housing Corporation and Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah Association of CPAs. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.